Hello, my friends. Welcome to Mavs Party. We're talking on Friday afternoon. It is September 30th at about 5 o'clock for those of you listening. Thank you so much for joining our Spotify Live. I just wanted to go live real quick because the Dallas Mavericks hosted a practice today that was uh, streamed, and a whole bunch of people saw it. I was not one of them because I had to work in the middle of the day and could not pull away for long enough. But my timeline was filled with some of the most incredible uh, overreaction to anything I've seen in a long time, which it's basketball. It's fun. You're supposed to overreact. You're supposed to have a good time. As Clarence Sidney notes in the chat, that's Josh Ray Allen Green for those of you that watch practice. Uh, I think you, uh, Jason Yang notes that uh, you might need NBA TV to watch the replay, though. But, hey, it was fun from what I'm hearing. So here's what I'd like, guys. I want to talk about this last week. Um, Frank says in the chat that it should be re-airing shortly here. Uh, Katie says it's on NBA TV at 6 p.m., which is in about an hour from now. So let's just gaslight ourselves like mad. Let's get really excited about this. Let's talk about the team and what we've seen. I want anybody who was – who watched it today to come up here, tell me what you saw, tell me what you liked. My favorite is the ability to hear the coaches and these guys all talking to each other. And uh, there were a couple of instances that seemed like where people took very different things away from the same situation, which is always outstanding. Um, Coming up first, I got my guy, Jose, who I know watched this live because he was providing me with some updates in a chat. How you doing, Jose? I'm good, Kirk. How are you? You know, it's Friday. It's been a ridiculous day. I am glad to be done with this week. It's the first week of of Mavs content that I've really put my uh uh you know uh, nose on the to the grindstone about since I don't know summer league, and so it's it's been nice getting back in the groove. How about you? Man, I'm I'm just glad that basketball is officially back. I mean. I, I knew basketball was back this morning when I pulled up to work. I, I had remembered that the Golden State Warriors and Wizards were playing against each other. And the first thing I did is took my phone off the ox, opened up my YouTube TV. And what do you know? I see Steph Curry bringing the ball up. He passes the half court line. <laughs> he spots up on the three point line and shoots a contested three. And it just goes swish. And I'm like, basketball is back. So no, it's, it's it's a good feeling to watch live good basketball. We've watched some bad basketball. We also watch Euroleague basketball, but it's also comforting to watch the basketball that we know. Um, in that game, and I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm just stating facts. I'm not stating opinions. I just want it known that James Wiseman absolutely posterized the hell out of Chris Dapps Porzingis, and you hate to see that. You just you hate to see it. Do you hate to see it, Kurt? No, it was great. I've watched it like 60 times. oh man uh see everybody everybody's laughing right now kirk because they already know how you are there this is kirk right here for everybody listening so uh about the this practice it was really great to hear like you know coach kid sweeney uh luca mic'd up and even just gathering in and Haywood trying to explain to to us who don't know everything about basketball, you know, different says, different offensive matches that they're trying to uh, gather. And then also, like, 
who's in and who's out. Like Frank and Nikila, there was a couple of times where they were like, uh, Frank out, uh, come in right. And then, you know, telling them exactly how they want them to play, like, right, you know, just take it up, set everybody up. And if you don't have it, that's fine. Just pass it up. And then with, with Christian Wood, like Jason Kidd telling Wood, like, to set the pick, go after Tim and set the pick. And then when you get to the middle, you could do your thing. But if if it's not there, pass it out to the corners and, you know, we'll just get a better shot like that. So all of those things were just really fascinating to hear because it's like you, you get to get real in depth with your team. You get to know what they're looking for. You get to obviously when we watch the game it's like so much things are happening you're trying to keep up you're trying to memorize them for either your live show after the game or during That's right. the the pregame spaces so you could describe what happened the following night so th- this was just overall fun i mean jaden hardy was finishing through contact josh green was finishing and also putting on a show from three uh and also having some really good like ball handling skills in terms of facilitating and just bringing up the the ball uh, up court. That was very fun to watch. Uh, anything that that you had watched that you just took notice of really quickly, Kurt? Well, see that that's why I wanted to do this because honestly, I needed a report from you guys because I haven't seen it yet. I'm gonna try to put it on during dinner and see if I can get my kid to to let me watch this and maybe I can talk to him about basketball because I, I just didn't get a chance to see it during the day. And it was a little, you know, it was a little frustrating um, because everybody else is getting to watch something. I couldn't do it. So I'm, I'm really glad to hear from you there. So let me ask you this question. One of the, the, the you know, it was either Josh Bow or somebody in our Mavs Moneyball chat said something to the effect of like, Josh Green is looking good as ball handler. Frank looking less good as ball handler. Is that too, too much of an overreaction or what, what, what do you think? No, I, I think that is very valid. I mean, when you when I was just talking about how Wright came in and they had Frank Nanakila out, Frank like immediately as soon as he got a defender in front of him on top of the key, he was looking to pass instead of like trying to dribble and trying to show his his skills at getting to the rim and you know being a more effective guard in that matter. Uh Josh Green <laughs> easily showed case that he could get to the paint and, you know, create some mishap when, when they tried to guard him on the perimeter. And, you know, something I also want to add about Wood. Like, I, I'm somebody who really looked at Chris Saw's Przingis a lot, uh, uh, his body language. And this practice was not a good body language showing from Christian Wood. Weird, which is exactly one of the things that people have been telling us for a long time, that he just has, like, low-key maturity problems. But again, one practice, like, if we're going to, like, like, if, but if we're going to overreact positively to Josh Green, I do think it's within range to overreact negatively about Christian Wood looking a bit out of place. (laughs) Exactly. And there was just times where I, I wanted him to do a little bit more. Uh, there was a point in, in uh, like close to the end where he was asking to play the five and Sweeney and Kid had this conversation and Kid saw the cameras and he had this little <laughs> grin on, on his face and he was like, like Christian Wood wants to play the five and he's like kind of grinning at the cameras and he's like, 
it's getting better, it's getting better. And I was just like, that doesn't give me enough confidence. But also, they've been training since Tuesday. So this is the first live one we get to see. And then also tomorrow, the scrimmage uh, will be played. And you can catch that on Maz.com and Twitch as well. So if you're hungry for Maz basketball, we're surely getting a double dosing in the, uh, today and tomorrow. Well, it, it just, just going to throw this out to you. Just going to give you an idea. I can't do this. So you should do it. Somebody should do this. Someone should host a space or one of these in the middle of that on TV and just have everybody watch the same stuff at the same time. It could be fun. So. Oh, man, I, I probably uh, no. I wouldn't say I w- probably would. Uh, only reason only reason why I don't really do live shows during games is because uh, I'm kind of somebody who lo- likes to have like everybody kind of quiet at one time. Sure. And, and games like everybody's talking at the same time and it's hard to have a cohesive conversation back to back during those times. So, I mean, it's fun in person now space is a little different but uh appreciate you kirk you've had me up here long enough and if you want to hear me rollo and jazz check us out on twitter on 77 spaces we do uh one show every week during the off season and we'll be back uh for pre-game spaces so thank you Kirk. we, we got we got a game on wednesday so there's there's something to, to be looking forward to all right jose thanks for joining us all right, now I'm chasing around my dog in the yard who, she has something in her mouth. Did you just eat that? It's just Puppies are a difficult team. I don't know if anybody's told you that. All right, coming up next, we got my man Grayson. Grayson, what are you thinking? Hey, Kirk, can you I hear can. me? I can. How you doing? Good. How are we doing? I am okay. I finally got the dog. Now, let's see what she got. She has in her mouth here. Now, what are you up to today? So, yeah, spoiler alert, I didn't get to watch the practice, but I had something that I guess kind of similar from I saw a little report on Josh Green, and I wanted to ask your opinion on it. Uh, did you see the thing that uh, Josh Green was working out with Kyle Lowry all summer? Uh, I just kind of was wondering how that came about because uh, they don't exactly seem like people that would have some kind of shared um, – not is there, is there like 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 big like they each have kind of big asses? Is there like a club that we don't know about? I'm not well, sure. Well, Kyle Lowry is the president of the NBA BBL Society, so that's <laughs> maybe the only thing I can think of. But I mean, it's he's Australian. Kyle Lowry's from America, Villanova. There's no college, um, but he, apparently Kyle Lowry had a lot to do with what uh, I guess Jose just said about how Josh Green's always more attacking, and he uh, had a quote that kind of stuck out to me where it was like, you don't need to be going, you know, 100 miles an hour, which is kind of how I felt Josh Green played every game, where he just didn't know where he was going, and he just kind of looked like a chicken running around with its head cut off. And I was just wondering if you had any insight on that, whether there's like an agent relationship there, or is it just, you know, random dudes just working out together in the summer, and there's no really rhyme or reason to that. But uh, I had one buddy of mine that I have a little text conversation with, and he is uh, all in on the Josh Green hype after this. So from what I've been told, Josh Green looked very good from uh, this little practice we had. I, I, Mike, Mike Bibbins in the chat. Bibbs online. He has his own outstanding show, Mavs Outsiders, which you should go uh, follow, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Um, he says that they worked with the same trainer in Vegas, which is interesting. 
so it's, you know, that, that's just kind of how guys connect when they f- find these professionals uh, who, you know, help them with specific skills or things that they're looking forward to doing. So that's, that's gotta be the answer there. But I, this is the first I've heard about it. You know, we've seen these clips online um, and it, all the clips and stuff that I've seen are short. And like, I don't, when, like when I watch something for like seven seconds, it's like, okay, like, do we remember the Willie Cauley Stein stuff from last summer where he would have these oh, yeah. incredible videos? So I'm looking forward to that. Mike just posted it in the chat. It's at basketball news, Josh green, uh, and then type impact basketball. I actually know where that gym is. I played pickup basketball there once. So that's all really interesting to me. I'm looking, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, to seeing what he's done. Jason notes that he was working with Kevin Garnett, which, sure, if there's a guy who can instill confidence in you, which I think is Josh Green's biggest challenge, it uh, it, it might be KG. So what else you got for us? Um, I just kind of was wondering, or not wondering, but the whole Christian Wood body language thing, I wonder if that has anything to go with the whole LOL and – just kind of how he's never been on a winning team, how much. Because that's kind of, I guess, been the whole offseason that we've had is just kind of determining whether or not Christian Wood is going to be something or not. And um, I don't know. I'm just kind of up in the air on it. I think the talent's there. But all, all I know is, is that every year he kind of just sold. He had that issue with uh, Houston last year where I think Kevin Porter Jr. threw soup again at someone. And then Christian Wood also got suspended for a game for – conduct detrimental to the team. I don't think he threw soup, but uh, he did something that wasn't exactly um, great. But I think Sweeney must have had to have been involved because he's working out with him all summer. And if anyone on this staff knows him well, I think Sweeney would have enough say with Kid to tell him, hey, you know, bad idea. So I don't know. I'm just waiting for, ready for more Mavs basketball, and uh, I'll let someone else come up. I don't have a lot to say from the practice since I didn't get to watch. Well, of course. Appreciate you, Grayson. Thanks for coming up. You know, the yeah, worst stuff – the Wood stuff is fascinating because this is his last chance at a big contract. The la- like he will probably play in the league another X number of years. Okay, that's just kind of a fact. Um, a guy that big and with that shooting ability, he's going to be able to do stuff. But it, it's a question of how much money does he want to make. He's in the. This is the best circumstance he's going to have been in on a professional level. So I have a lot of confidence that. Self, you know, self-interest is going to sort of win out here um, and that he will get it together because it's in his best interest. And, you know, that this is a a, a mutually assured um, either destruction or or preservation pact, depending on what you want to, you know, how you want to view it. Like, I just I feel bullish about Wood. I, I think that the the elements of things that haven't worked out for him, from what I've heard from people in Houston, he was really on pretty good behavior down there. So I'm I'm, I'm just I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not going to be my normal shit self. It's too early in the season or really preseason. So I'm just, I'm excited. Come- All right. Coming up next, we have a different Grayson. How are we doing, Grayson? Hi, Kirk. How's Good. it going? What's up? Oh, uh, well, I don't have a ton of takeaways from like practice. I, I think, I mean, I don't know. I'm enjoying hearing everyone's takes, but it's hard for me to look at one practice and take my, away my, any major My favorite takeaway was I'm pretty sure it was someone in this group chat I'm in with Jose was basically like, yep, Luca's still missing free throws. And like something about that just killed me. I'm like, yeah, because it's just, you know, it's our favorite thing is to whine about him missing free throws. But yeah, 
I got to tune in for about 15 minutes and I did, I did see that. But, um, what I will say was uh, what a really awesome opportunity for us as fans to see high level NBA coaching behind the scenes and, you know, see our guys, you know, getting, learning how to play with each other again, but also just smiling and laughing and having a good time. Like, just that behind-the-scenes look was really, really cool. And at some point, I'm going to go back and watch the whole thing. Uh, because, man, what, a, what an awesome opportunity. I've never seen an NBA practice before, so I, I really enjoyed it. That's a really good point. Um, I want Josh Bo did talk about this, uh, where he, he said something. It was either on a podcast or to a show to me, where it's like, this is the sort of thing the NBA needs to figure out a way to do more of. You know, you're not... You know, it's not, not like we need to see like like strategy and like what goes in, but like watching these guys play is 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 fun. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I was enjoying watching Josh Green, and I liked Hardy. He had that one uh, God move on Maxi. I saw, and that's just the kind of stuff I'm talking about. You know, like I love seeing like Tim running up to him after, and you know, giving him a huge chest bump, and they all got like this massive smile on their face. Um, you just can't help but enjoy that kind of stuff. That's right. That's right. And then, and, you know, like I, I spend a fair amount of time on Twitter and it's like there, there's a tendency to like want to kind of comment on every single thing that happens. I'm guilty of it. Everybody's guilty of it. And I saw a couple of my friends who I really enjoy interacting with being like, oh, you're really over. You're reading too much into this practice. And that's kind of my gut instinct was to say that. But at the end of the day, like this is supposed to be fun. And if you're having fun with like like at this point right now you know before like three weeks before sport like the games actually start then more power to you because it's like there are times when this is really not fun to do but right now when like there's still a ton of possibility it's outstanding so i'm glad i'm glad you uh, i'm glad you enjoyed the parts that you did watch yeah for sure i mean it's just we're all craving basketball right now we're at that point and i don't even know you can't it's not the off season anymore i guess technically but you know what i mean like we are all so, so, so ready for this to start back up. I mean, I know we've talked about it a lot. I've heard you and Josh talk about it. But just the length of this offseason, even though it is obviously a normal length offseason, it's just our first normal length offseason in like two years. So this offseason has felt like the longest offseason of any offseason I've ever experienced in any sport. <laughs> I feel like I haven't watched the Mavs play basketball in years. Yeah, yeah. I love this in the chat. Adrian pointed this out. I had seen this, but I hadn't heard it. But like Luka Doncic not knowing how to say JaVale's name is and like <laughs> literally call, literally calling him Joel. Like that's his name now. Like Joel Joel <laughs> McGee. That's that's his it's his legal name. Sorry, Joel. I love that. Um, Let's just hope that we get like the Warriors or at least the Lakers version of Joel and not like the Pistons or the Bucks version. Hey, Actually, you know, the Pistons version was pretty good. I, I, I'm, I'm just McGee. I, I am just going to keep my mouth shut on and hope to be pleasantly surprised. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. He's big. And, right. uh, and that's, that's, that's all that we need to know for right now, I guess. Well, thanks for, uh, for leading or for joining and uh, talking with us, man. Yeah. I appreciate it, Kirk. I, I missed the last two. So I had, to, I had to join this one. Outstanding. Well, we'll be doing this again soon. Wednesday night at the, uh, you know, that's the, you know, I'll probably do one more before then, but you know, we, we have a preseason game on Wednesday and I'm looking forward to being pissed about whatever happens in that game. It's just part of my, my, uh, my essence. All right. We'll talk soon, buddy. Appreciate it, Kurt.
All right, coming up next is new Mavs Moneyball contributor Brent Brooks. How you doing, Brent? What's up, buddy? Hit that unmute button for us, friend. There we go. Hey, Kirk. Good to talk to you, man. What's going on? Is there a chance we can find some coins between the couch cushion in the form of McKinley Wright, or am I way off base? I mean, isn't he about three and a half feet tall relative to the rest of the team? <laughs> yeah, but doesn't he average like 15 assists a game in college? He, he, he gave me like huge leadership vibes from the clips that I saw. Um, yeah. And like there's, there's something about that that is appealing, but I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. Why are we so averse to a small player? Kid loves length. I mean, that was why we're, I saw people talking today about the big lineups, and I'm like, like, every lineup is big. What are we doing? Like, the entire rotation is 6'5 or taller, like that, which is, is something that he strove for. It's great. So do you think that means he loves length and we want to have a lot of long players or that we don't want any short players at any, regardless of context? Uh, I think it's the first one. I think a good enough player, he would buy, he would make it work. But it's just, you know, if you're going to play with Luca, who's not a great defender, I think you have to figure out to maximize your defense in other ways. And, like, just being enormous is a defense in and of itself. And just having, like, like McGee's, like McGee's wingspan is 7'6". Dwight's wingspan is 6'11". So it's like that stuff matters over the course of a game and in a defensive scheme if you can get everybody to buy in, I think. Right. And I think is McKinley somebody that we could see get that other two-way spot? Good question. I guess that is still open, isn't it? I, I Right. I, you know, you never know with these two-way spots with what they're thinking. So that, that would be something. Uh, so the other thing is um, I'm thinking about narratives with regards to both Christian Wood and Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie said something really interesting about narratives from the uh, the interview uh, platform a couple of days ago. It's like the the idea as as it was posed to him that his career was on a resuscitator and and just he was about to to fall fall into oblivion there in Washington. And he's sitting there going, you know, Detroit barely even played me. They didn't think I was good enough. And then I have three really good years. He thinks he should have made an all-star team the, the year that he um, uh, went for 20 points. And then, obviously, Brooklyn became the Durant and Kyrie show. And then he gets hurt again. And, you know, the, the Wizards, for whatever reason, were one of the teams that offered him a contract. But I'm wondering, like, he probably had no way of knowing outside of maybe – uh, talking to people through the grapevine, what he was stepping into in terms of the locker room there. Um, he came, he was offered a chance to sit out the first 30 games and decided not to, decided to play when he was cleared and just didn't mesh well, didn't play well. And I think that the players' circumstance, how they're meshing with the team and the coaching staff and just the situation can either bring out the best or the worst of them. Obviously, it was bringing out the worst out of him. But he comes here and flourishes, and everybody's like, oh, your career was just about over. And just you could just see his level of exasperation, right? And I'm thinking about the Christian Wood narrative of – and I've seen some people talk about how he's bounced around to a lot from a lot of teams. And I'm thinking nobody knew Christian Wood was any good until that last part of his uh, last season with Detroit. And for whatever reason, they made the decision not to keep him, but he – walks into Houston thinking he's going to get a much different situation than he winds up with. Right, with John Wall. Right. If you're Christian Wood in that scenario, 
you know, your motor to be as good as we believe he can based on physical tools on the defensive end, like what's the incentive? Why am I going to constantly put my body in harm's way? Now, there are players that will, regardless of the context, they'll do that. They'll go all out even on a really bad team. But I'm thinking that maybe, like you're bullish on him, the part of the reason to be bullish is that he's got – He's got a lot more to give when he's not only motivated by contract, but motivated by him exerting energy that translates into meaningful uh, contributions as opposed to you know, going all out to block a shot off the weak side. But it doesn't really matter because you're down 20. Right. Right. So you had, a really, you had like an excellent soliloquy there, and I don't really think I have much to respond to because I basically agree. Like the it, – it, to me, with with both, you know, Dinwiddie this year, now that he's in probably an even more important role, and Wood, it's just enough things that need to go right that bring me a little bit of concern. Now, it's not like negative, but it's I, I I think with with Spencer in particular, there's a lot of like hand waving about the fact that like the the 25 games he played in Dallas were some of the most efficient and best basketball he played of his entire career. Like he is not a like a a, a, four, a 39% three-point shooter. He's like a 31% career three-point shooter, I think. No, it's not that bad. But it's it's there's elements of this where things are going to like even out a little bit. So with with Spencer, I'm looking forward to seeing like what does that mean? What can he bring? What can like what is sort of the you know, an 82 game Spencer for the Mavericks mean? Wood, I just is is a total wild card. I I I still feel bullish based off all the tape, but He's like, like, if you're watching his highlight tapes, he looks like one of the most incredible basketball players that's ever played. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, his highlights are insane. But then it's like, oh, well, he's never worked out. And, you know, not to go, you know, very like Brian Windhorst voice. Why is that? We saw a little bit of that today with the practice. And it's because he's, you know, not the best body language. There's just there's elements of things where it's like things work against him. But I think right now that we everybody should be as bullish as possible on this team until we see otherwise. He, he wants to be an all-star, so let me ask you this. If he does make the all-star team, if we get prime Christian Wood, if that potential that we see popping on those highlight reels translates to a full season, and you say that elevates the Mavericks' ceiling, what does that mean? Does that mean that, that we finally have our co-star at least for one year? Yes, and I think that means like Luka's an honest-to-God MVP candidate. I think that means the Mavericks are a top-three team in the West. Like They're winning, you know... You're 50, like, like 55 plus games, not 52. And I know people kind of roll their eyes at that sort of distinction, but I mean, go look at the West last year and see, like, there's a five game difference between like, I want to say three, four, five, six, seven, like it's preposterous. Like you have to be unbelievably good for a long period of time. Like that's sort of the ceiling raiser that he is like floor raise. I don't know how much he drops the floor because I think even like a mediocre Christian Wood still helps the team an awful lot. Um, But I just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm choosing, until proven otherwise, um, to, to, to be looking forward to this. People in the chat are making this comparison between Wood and KP or asking uh, about the difference. And I think that when I watched both players, especially after his most recent injury, watching KP last year, everything he did on the court felt like an experiment he had never tried before, and we were all <laughs> along for the ride with him on and and I think that's partially the awkwardness of being that big and yet not being a traditional bruiser down low. Right. But Christian Wood, it, despite his height and his size, 
is very graceful, very fluid, very athletic. And so everything he does looks like he's on autopilot, uh, whether it winds up working out or not. And so I think Mavericks fans are going to be very happy to not have that. I'm trying to help KP finish each play as a fan energetically, you know, just sit back and watch Wood do his thing because, um, if you were to come up with a, the available players at the end of last season that you could potentially swing a trade for or potentially sign in the free agent market as in terms of a, a co-star for Luca, Wood's probably in the top five of any honest list. And, uh, that I'm excited about what that can mean if we get that good version. And, you know, we're really lucky. And, and you talk about the practice speaking to this. I don't think all NBA teams like each other as much as our guys do. And when you have not only your star, but just the general gravity of most of our players pulling things in a very collegiate, you know, the, the right flavor of teasing, that kind of stuff matters. And I think that even if Wood might have the possibility of being a locker room problem in the abstract, there's going to be so much gravity towards the positive that he's going to be having fun to be alone for the ride. That's my take. I like it. I think there's something to it. He showed up at summer league with the team. That's kind of why everybody, that's why we knew him. Like actually that's the first I've heard about me being a six man. Like why everybody knew he was joking. Cause it's like, this was disgust. It's, it's all good. But Brent, thank you so much for joining. You got anything else? No, that's it, man. Thanks for talking. All right, talk soon. Um, we got one more guest and I got to hop out. Uh, Christian, long time. No talk. How are we doing? Hey, how you been? Um, all Kurt? right. What do you got for us? Oh, I was just going to say, and I jumped in a couple minutes late, so apologies if it was already said, but what I saw from the scrimmage that I'm, I'm hoping can translate uh, into preseason, obviously into the season was Josh Green. Every time he got space, when he got the catch and shoot three from the corner, he just immediately took it. And I'm hoping that that's something that, continuously happens regardless if he's making them missing them whatever like he just needs to get up volume in order for us to really kind of see what he is especially in year three because if he does that like hesitation and you know doesn't really know what he's doing he should either catch shoot it or if he you know they're closing out hard pump fake get to the rim or you know pass at the rim whatever it is but that was the thing I was I was most excited about. But just wondering your thoughts on kind of what you saw and if that's translatable or you think, you know, it's practice with his own teammates. Well, you missed me saying I basically had to miss it. So I've only watched some of the highlights. It's on TV in a half hour. Um, the The green stuff is something that I think was kind of the highlight for most people here. Like easily like the thing folks are most excited about. He looked great shooting the ball. The confidence is it for me. Um, a confident Josh Green is an effective Josh Green. You know, I think it's fair to say that COVID plus Carlisle uh, stripped him of any confidence he might have had. And I don't really know. I don't really know what kind of a player he was in college on that level. Like he wasn't very good at the rim. Like he wasn't that good at college, if we're being honest. So it's like there's he's largely been an idea more than he's been a basketball player. And so to see him put it together, even if it's just a practice, is nice. You know, we get these outlier games like the game in Houston where he had 10 assists with all sorts of wild jump passes. 
I mean, game three, was it game three? Yeah, game three against Utah in round one was the best basketball game he's played his entire career, and they needed him. Um, so it's just like more Josh Green is better because it, they need something to go right because they've not, you know, they let uh, Jalen Brunson go, Brunson walked. Like they just have to have something pop, and it, it, it's it got to be from an unexpected source. Like we're all really excited about Christian Wood, but I'm just kind of secretly – you know, I, I bet if I was to, to ask people to comment on this, like anonymously, I bet they would they would, you know, chalk themselves up to being quietly a lot more worried about Christian Wood than, you know, confident just because he's such an unknown. Um, so, so getting something out of green would be just incredibly positive. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I'm afraid of is the fact that it's not like we can we can hope that Josh Green, you know, turns into a rotation piece. It's Basically, we need one of him, Frank, Hardy, someone in that kind of vein to actually be able to seize those minutes and play well, not be a huge minus on the floor, which is obviously worrying. Um, But, uh, yeah, that's all I had. It was good talking to you, Kirk. I hope you have a great day. You too, man. All right, guys, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for taking half hour out of your day and spending it with me. Got a lot of stuff up on Mavs Moneyball. Don't even know where to start plugging. We only had a couple of things today, but throughout the week, we had a whole bunch of stuff. We got five things going up over the weekend that I've been editing today. Uh, keep showing up to the site. Uh, thank you for subscribing and liking the show, giving us a five-star rating or whatever rating you feel is appropriate. Um, yeah, everybody have a good weekend, and thanks so much for uh, hanging out with Mavs Moneyball. Talk soon.